Are you ready for the weekend yet? We have events, news, and a guest for you to enjoy this Lake Life weekend. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lake Life Weekend Podcast. Due to severe weather conditions, we are taking one more week of our winter break here. Um, but in anticipation of spring, we thought we give you a rerun of our recording with Brent about disc golf, a new sport coming to the area, growing rapidly and uh, a pretty fun uh, activity for every family member any age group and it's actually just a nice walk out in a park there's lots of golf courses uh, disc golf courses around in the area so learn more and listen to brad speaking about disc golfing in lakes country we have also updated our website i hope you had been able to check out um, one of those cozy days at the cabin or at home looking to explore lakes country so check out our new website lakelifeweekend.com tell us what you think we are pretty happy about the turnout of this magazine style layout more content more updates for you and then also please save the date for march 22nd 23rd for our event coming to downtown fargo at the civic center march 22nd 23rd presented by choice bank our lake life weekend expo with live on stage program and many many vendors from the area come out and explore lake life two days at the civic center and the full program on our website explorelakelife.com with uh, much more details it's free admission free to the public so we hope you're all coming i don't want to keep this much longer here is our recording from last year about disc golf have a great weekend ahead. Yeah, welcome to our interview part of our podcast today. I'm here with uh, Brad Birch. Hello, Brad. Hi. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming on a, uh, on a beautiful day. You operate a business uh, that provides um, disc golf equipment and discs, I understand. And before we talk about the sport, a little bit of the history and some courses in the area, um, let share with us uh, where you're from and how long you have been in Lakes Country and who who's Brett? <laughs> okay, <clears throat> well, there's a lot that is Brett, but <laughs> um, first of all, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my name is Brett Birch. I grew up in a smaller family out in Colorado. Okay. And uh, I have four other brothers, and I kind of grew up playing sports with all of them and and uh kind of being a big outdoors person too and uh you know i've been visiting up here in the lakes country for oh as long as i could remember you know okay. my family has a cabin out here on the lake so um just a big part of me is growing up outdoors doing sports having fun with my family and mm -hmm. all my friends and so that's that's kind of where where I became myself was through those and um, just um, it's kind of hard to explain exactly but you know the important thing is that you know I, I love I love family and I learned to love people over time 
at first I was a very introverted person, but uh, you know I, I did a little bit of leadership development for a couple of years, uh -huh. and so through that I was you know able to uh, put myself out there more and and learn more about people and the value in people, mm -hmm. and so that's that's kind of what encompasses who I am now because I like to uh, try to meet people for who they are and where they're at and uh, experience mm -hmm. different things, and so. How long have you been in Minnesota? I've only been in Minnesota one year now. Really? So you yeah. just arrived. Welcome. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> no, I mean it. So you you come from Colorado and you're an outdoor Colorado is a very outdoor state as well, right? Right. I have actually never been there but in Denver at the airport. But um, so you came here how old are you if I may ask? I'm twenty six. Oh you're so you're extremely young. So you vacationed here with your family in the past and you found Minnesota and then you arrived a year ago to yeah. just open a disc shop? No, not just to open a disc shop, but that was one of my main goals as well because visiting up here, um, I also saw there was a need for it okay. and and I was kind of very deep into the sport back home in Colorado. I, I ran a, I was the president and one of the co-founders of a club. Okay. And so I served as president and treasurer and stuff like that for four years. Really? So that's kind of where I, you know, really fell in love with the community aspect of, of disc golf itself. And, uh, you know, I, I saw the need for a good disc golf shop up here. Yeah. And uh, just I thought about that as an idea to, to fill that void. But also I wanted to move up here for new opportunities um, in general, not just disc golf, but also I uh, frame houses and stuff like that. And okay. I uh, just kind of wanted to do something new and fresh, and okay. and uh, I have family on my mom's side up here. Oh, I see. So that was part of my decision to come up here to this lakes area was I have them to kind of some ties, some roots. Yeah, some ties here. Yeah. Okay. Know? So you're not that alone. No. Oh, totally yeah. alone. I mean. Right. I have a thousand question marks right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I I I think it's fascinating. I have to. Um, find a structure so you have when did you start to disc golf because I, I think it's a fascinating topic uh, I'm a golfer mm, uh, by heart I did disc golf myself a little bit um, I like it but it's fairly new but it isn't I, I just learned from you so tell me a little bit more when did you start like 12 14 like 10 years ago when did you disc golf for the first time so I started about nine years ago okay the first time I believe it's between eight and a half and nine years. The first time I started was um, between my junior and se senior year in high school, mm -hmm. and so that's when I when I was introduced to it by my friends and uh, my older brother uh, Cody, mm -hmm. and uh, also there were a couple guys playing, but I didn't really go try it until he came down from Oregon, okay. where he was at at the time, and. That's where I was introduced to it and just kind of slowly started playing more and more over time. On a public course or on a is there school courses even? It was or? it was a public course. Mm -hmm. There are some school courses and stuff like that now. I know. Okay. Yeah, the, the, they aren't as popular as public courses, mm -hmm. but there are more and more of them popping up into the like physical education programs of schools. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I was actually the first time I played disc golf was in Moorhead in probably 2006. 2006 that is already 12 years ago myself so interesting yeah I just realized that um, and you mentioned when was disc golf first introduced to the United States it was 
it was first introduced in like the 1950s and 60s is when it made its transition from just Target. They used to do just um, Target courses where they would take the Frisbee and aim at, say, a certain uh, pole somewhere off in the distance. But um, the the main guy that did the big push to make it a competitive, uh, legit sport, his name was Steady Ed Hedrick. Okay. And he created 60 the... 60 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he so he's the one that created the... Uh, the uh, Sport. The, 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 the sport. Rules. Yeah. The, the, the basket. So so there's the catching device in disc golf, which is called the basket now. Mm-hmm. But uh, back then it was coined the, the disc pole holder. Okay. Or, you know, something something like that. That's kind Can of a paraphrase. It? It's just a pole, and then I think it's a circle, and there's, like, chains on it, and there's a basket on the bottom, so you kind of have it land. It's not a whole, like, a golf course. It's it's a... Yes, correct. It's it's a physical apparatus. with You, ha- you have a, a pole in the center. There's the bottom basket that serves as the catching device. Mm-hmm. And there's there's also the, the big target area is the top, and it's also a circle very similar to the same same diameter and it has chains that carry from the top of it to kind of right down to the the top of what you would consider the cage so so that's the the target itself is those chains and the in the bottom basket yeah catches the disc as it arrives and then kind of falls and lands into that basket yep. that's when you make the hole yes yeah. correct mm-hmm. yep yeah it has to be resting in the chains or in the basket for it to count ah okay okay and so yeah, it's. I know you said you're familiar with golf, mm-hmm. so it's scored the same way. You mm-hmm. know, the the least amount of shots or throws mm-hmm. is is the winner on the hole or the overall um, course. And we have nine hole courses and eighteen hole courses, and then we also have the par system. Yes. Okay, so it's yep. very similar to the golf sport by rules. Yes. Uh, uh, um, it's just a different device. Correct. Okay. Yep. And it's 60 years old. So when it started to just arrive at a pole, and then the you described that the, the net arrived, or like with the chains. And wh- where did it happen? In California or? Yeah, everything? California. Oh, of course. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was the main push, was out in California. Mm-hmm. And from there, he had a few other players that uh, he would meet with over time from different areas of the United States. Mm-hmm. And so this that's where the big main push of, of making disc golf legitimate was in the United States Mm -hmm. and California is still one of the biggest areas for it and it's also very big on the eastern slope too Mm -hmm. and the middle of the country is kind of filling in over time and it's becoming more popular Um, and and it becomes very very popular in areas with a lot of uh, geographical diversity Mm -hmm. so where in golf you have a lot of clear fairways to to try to drive the golf ball through. Sure. For disc golf, we like a lot of variety. So elevation changes and trees to try to throw around and navigate through mm-hmm. is what makes our sport so interesting and such a, a big <clears throat> difference between disc golf and golf. Yeah, yeah. So, I can see it. So, yeah, so, um, you know, in areas, uh, mountainous areas or lakes, like uh, like here in the lakes area, there's a lot of uh, water hazards to, to make things interesting and play around. So... Um, but so so everything in the middle of the country is kind of uh, filling in and becoming more popular. Huh. But it is growing. Yes, fast. It is growing fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has arrived here. I know that Moorhead, where I played, that it was 12 years ago again, they had a public course there uh, south of downtown by the river there, I believe. Um, and I think there's also one in 
um, Oak Grove uh, in Fargo side, I think there's also a course that is kind of super hidden. So am I right that the communities, the municipalities, the cities saw, because it's a fairly inexpensive way to actually convert an existing park, right? right. And just put up some, uh, those uh, holes, baskets, baskets, yep, baskets. So is it true that there's a majority that's just public and the community is just like, hey, let's just add a discourse to our community service or like how, why is it growing so quickly? I mean, like, yes, who's putting them up? Yes, that is true. And a lot of them are public municipalities and also uh, clubs sometimes come together and, and talk to their, their townships and uh, try to get something going to get one installed. But it, it's growing so fast because of the, the diversity of the sport and, and also because the cost effectiveness. And so, um, there, what, what do you mean by that? Cost effectiveness in a general broad perspective for disc golf, mm -hmm. the equipment is less expensive. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, less expensive to maintain a course. Mm -hmm. And if you already, if townships are already maintaining a park area and not getting a lot of use out of it, they can put that into play. They can put a disc golf course in. So we have more attractivity to that space. Yes, exactly. So, so it, they're getting more more use out of one area and just just making it a well-rounded park versus mm -hmm. a huge picnic area you yeah. know well, you know it used becomes by seven families a week <laughs> right and now we have 70 young people or older people i mean the, it's there's no age limit right i mean like you just right. have to be able to throw that disc yeah correct there's no age limit to disc golf yeah and and uh they even they even uh make different different discs that have different flight patterns and they Before also we get are technical because I think I see <laughs> yeah. people with a whole bag full. L uh, let's mm -hmm. talk technical in a moment. Um, okay. Let's stay in Minnesota. Do you know how many courses we have? The I, ten? Is it a hundred? Is it a thousand? I do not know. I know it's closer to a hundred. A hundred courses, if not more. Um, a, a buddy of mine could tell me that, but I'm not sure. I haven't lived here long enough mm -hmm. and done the research in Minnesota specifically. Do you know in Colorado by any chance? In like? Colorado, it was it was right about eighty. 80 courses yep. in the whole state. Yeah, and, and growing. So mm. there, it's probably higher than that now. Mm. Um, but we already know. have 100 courses roundabout in Minnesota. Yeah, I would say so. It, it's it's right there within 10 to 20 probably. I know that Breckenridge even has one. I mean, like, it's a small community in Breckenridge uh, and that uh, um, island there, whatever, um, where they have the fairgrounds. They installed it. I believe they installed it last year uh, or maybe two. So um, even a small community like that, let's say in parentheses, yeah. have one. And I'm sure, I don't know, Fergus Falls has one. Um, where's the closest one, Lakes Country, let's say we're in Perm right now. Where's the closest one nearby here? So the closest one in Perm is is right here in Perm over oh. on, yeah, it's called Arvig Park. <laughs> oh, and Arvig <laughs> and Park is a good... Yep, and it's an 18-hole course. Really? That's the closest to Lakes Country here, but it, it depends on how broad you say Lakes Country because there's also one in Detroit Lakes. Oh, there is one in Detroit Yeah, there's um, over in Wadena, and, you know, there's quite a few in the area. A lot of these small cities, how you were talking about Breckenridge, too, mm -hmm. they also have them as well. Yeah, I think we should make a list uh, and, and, uh, and list them all uh, to find. But, uh, okay, so we have, uh, we, and they're usually free to use, correct? Correct. We just go there. Yep. And they're, it, disc golf's kind of in a uh, transition point as well, where other people are, are doing pay-to-play disc golf courses. 
And so there's a couple popular ones down in the Twin Cities that are coined as pay to play. They aren't public. Mm-hmm. They're on private land and and you go and and you know pay them your your entry fee basically to mm-hmm. to join the park and play there. And they're worth it? Are they especially good or what's Yes, they are worth it. If if they're a pay to play, they're generally higher maintained and they actually more care tricky. about it more challenging of mm. a course mm. um so so there is kind of a transition point happening in the sport of disc golf where not all of them are free mm. and sometimes townships will will do it as a pay to play to pay for equipment for the baskets sometimes sure and i've seen that in a couple areas it's it's not too common though um it, you generally have to have a very good area to create a very attractive disc golf course mm. to get the pull from the community to actually come play and make it worth it. Mm-hmm. So so it has to be at a very competitive, highly competitive level to be able to work as a pay-to-play course. Yeah. So traditionally, you're going to see a lot more public courses. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. And you mentioned earlier to me, um, there's one of the nicest courses in the nation. We, we have it in Minnesota. Yes, sir. It's called Blue Ribbon Pines. Okay, and yep. where is that located? So that's down in East Bethel, uh huh, just north of the cities. And it's an eighteen hole course. Yep, eighteen hole course. It's very, very, very nice, very maintained, very challenging. Public? Yeah. No, that's one of the pay to play courses. Okay. Yeah. Is there like tournaments? Yes. Yeah, they do tournaments down there. Um, I believe there's at least three or four a year down there on that course. Uh, one of the biggest ones is called the Minnesota Majestic. Uh-huh. I, I didn't have the opportunity to get down there to play it this year. I'm hoping to next year. Uh-huh. But a good buddy of mine went down there and played it, and he just absolutely loves the course. And he did really well this year, so that was awesome. So you can, is there something like the PGA already? Or you think there will be an organization which does like a prof- I don't know, professional, semi-professional tournament in the future? Yes, so... Really? So there is a, a, a sanctioning body, so to speak, like the how the Professional Golf Association has theirs. You yeah. know, we have the Professional Disc Golf Association. Really? Yep. And it just it just transitioned or broke over a hundred thousand members last year. Really? Yeah. It was actually kind of neat because everybody was in a race to be the one thousandth. One hundred thousandth. Yeah, to be the one hundred thousandth. <laughs> Uh, member. member, so there was a bunch of people that signed up all at once to try to to, to try number. to be the number one hundred thousand. <laughs> that would so, win the car. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if they want anything no. special or not, but Fun. it was just very neat to see that. So That's yeah, a big followership. Right. So there is a big sanctioning body when it comes to uh, uh, professional tournaments mm-hmm. and things like that. And yeah, that's called the Professional Disc Golf Association. Really? Okay. Um, that's interesting. Do you think we will see it on TV eventually in five years? Yes. Yes. It's actually, um, it, it's actually transitioning right now. Um, in the last two years, there's been more, um, more publicizing of the sport than ever before. And so, um, a lot of times it's even been on uh, ESP top 10 highlights. Really? Yeah. Because, uh, and mostly what, what pops up there is, uh, is hole in ones. They're very, very common, um, more so than golf. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times those are really, really exciting and awesome and draw a lot of energy from from the to the whole sport. Yeah. And so it's been really neat to see that kind of happening. Yeah. Um, and yes, there is a couple of companies that are doing pr- productions of the tournaments, the bigger national um, tour series tournaments. Really? Yep. There's there's a, a couple of them out there. Um, 
one that I watch quite a bit is called Jomez Productions. And so, yeah, if you if you get on, a lot of times they'll put them on YouTube and, and things like that where you can hop on there and look at them. Huh. I, I, I think it's fascinating. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more equipment. Uh, if, if I was to say, like, hey, I want to try that out, uh, do I need nine discs? Is it good probably to just buy one disc for $19.99 and then play the, play the course here in Perm? Or what would you suggest? Like, what is an entry-level set? If, if, if you're... Oh, two. Yeah, I, I, I would suggest three. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it, it depends. It depends how serious you are. Mm -hmm. If you just want to go play and kind of figure it out, mm -hmm. yeah, one is just fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, you know, I would suggest a mid-range. Mm -hmm. That way you can uh, throw decent distances, mm -hmm. and it's more controllable and easier to learn with mm -hmm. um, from a beginner aspect. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will buy a driver to start because they want to be able to throw really far. Is it a bigger disc, or is it the same? It's, it's just weight? Explain to us. It's, it's different aerodynamics. Uh -huh. So... So the weight categories are generally the same in between, uh, the most popular is in between 165 and 175 grams. Grams? Grams, course. yes. Metric. So you'll see them in grams, but the biggest difference is going to be your aerodynamics uh -huh. and uh, the sharper edged ones, you, they have what's called a rim and a flight plate. The rim is the very outside of the disc that has the most um, difference in the way they fly. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I and, and those can be very hard to throw depending on which which model you get. Mm -hmm. And so, as from a beginner standpoint, if, if somebody was to come in and get and get three to start, say they were very serious, mm -hmm. you know, I would give them three very straight, easy to learn with discs, because it you know it it just is a good uh, principle to learn basics. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's basics and fundamentals to every key sport. Of course. Um, you know, it, it's. I've seen a lot of people get into the sport and then fall away from it because they didn't learn the basics and the controlling of. Like, I mean, I I'm, I say I'm a golfer, but I don't own a driver. I just <laughs> fail with a big driver. I have those hybrids and they're super cheaters, but I get my 180 to 210 yards with just this hybrid thing, and it goes fairly straight. So, uh, if I'm actually throwing, so my arm is actually the club. In a way, yes. I need my hand needs to control the disc in a manner where I don't slice it or I do slice it, right? So yes. it's actually a certain skill that I need to bring to the table in a way. Right? Yes, is it true? Yes, that's very fair to say. That's true. Um, you know, th there's a lot of ways you can manipulate uh -huh. the the disc golf equipment with your body. Uh -huh. You know, that's your main that's your main way of imparting your energy into the disc to mm -hmm. make it fly mm -hmm. correctly mm -hmm. and if you don't learn how to make it fly correctly it doesn't matter if you have a disc that's supposed to go straight or that's supposed to hook or fade really hard mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so you know there's there's a lot of basics to it but there's also there's two main ways of manipulating a disc off disc one is with your body and throwing it in a certain with a certain technique mm -hmm. and the second is picking out a disc selection okay. so so w whereas you could go from a three wood to a, f a five wood or, or something for a maximum distance golf drive yeah um, you can do the same thing with disc golf and and I'm not very um, familiar with regular ball golf so forgive okay. me if that's not no, accurate no, no, no but, but I, think uh, it's, I think we get it yeah yeah it's true. yeah so that's that's the main way to do it and that's that's so the I, shape uh, the, the, they're all kind of the same 
weight, but the shape is then, I guess, wind resistance or, or certain things, sharper edge, like it's the aerodynamics. So mm. how is like a, then um, a putter, I guess, yeah. it's like the short distance would be, is it more dull or like more, it has more resistance so it flies slower, I guess? Yes. So it kind yeah. of rolls on the, because we don't have a green, like a, a, a mode green, which is a different surface. Yeah, we have the fairway, we have the rough, we have the greens, uh, the pre-green, whatever. Yeah. So we do it solely with the device, disc. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. So the, the putter, yeah. So so the putter, it's 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 broader on the edge. How uh -huh. I talked about the rim versus the flight plate. Bigger. The rim is going to be bigger. Uh huh. Yeah. So and and that's it. Also, it flies straighter, typically, uh -huh. and a little slower. Uh -huh. And and uh, and a big reason for that broad rim is to hit the chains and the catching Catch device it. and the baskets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that's that's the traditional putter versus. I guess I guess that's where the the difference the big difference comes from is is changing that to become more accurate on the green versus having a very manicured smooth slope you know instead of having that the variable is you in your hand throwing the the broad rim disc mm -mm -mm. and 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 just just like regular golf you you your format changes and you try to throw it less and more guide it and push it towards the basket mm -hmm. versus a big throw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. I can see it. So what's your handicap? Um, it, it just depends on which course I, I'm at. It varies a little bit. Okay. But uh, uh, typically, I, I, I like to say I'm around negative three to negative four. Oh, really? Most days, yeah. I'm not. So you're a pro. I'm close to pro. I could, I could play pro, but I wouldn't be able to uh, win as many big sanctioned tournaments. I'm not that at that level yet. I'm more of a advanced player still. So amateur, I think that's an yeah, yeah, player. amateur. So yeah, in the amateur divisions, you have you know recreational, intermediate, and advanced, and then from there you go right into professional, which they call open, and that's when you play for the big money and you're you're really really competitive and. And typically, they would be scoring a lot better on average. Their handicap, you know, they would they would be shooting around negative eight to negative nine on an eighteen hole course some days. Wow. Yeah, and <laughs> so that's where the consistency over time in the professional category versus the amateurs. Uh -huh. That's where they outrun everybody. Huh. Is is in the the perfection, chasing the perfection. Yeah. <laughs> I I I didn't think it would. I, I want to buy a disc, so so I can meet you in Battle Lake. In Otter Tail. Um, Otter Tail. Why yep. am I thinking Battle Lake? On Otter Tail Town. Yeah. In that little uh, downtown area there. Yeah, it's actually on 123 Park Circle. I'm not actually down in the commercial area. Okay. Uh, it's at my uh, residency as well. Okay, and and you operate a little pro shop. Yes. And uh, uh, and you sell equipment out of it. Yep, and give advice correct. or do you give classes? Yeah, I can also do classes and lessons and you know, I haven't had a lot of that yet. I'm still kind of trying to generate a lot of interest mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's still growing in the area. But yeah, I'm more than willing to do lessons and that's I, I would highly suggest doing some lessons with me so I can just teach you mm -hmm. basics and fundamentals instead of just uh, leaving you out into the rough by yourself. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I have a friend in, in Detroit Lakes actually. Uh, it must have been two years ago that he mentioned, um, yeah, yeah, I'm in this uh, disc golf. Uh, just came to me again. Um, uh, 
what, is, what did you call it? A group or whatever. So they play every Tuesday night or something. Do yeah. you know of groups that meet regularly, kind of like a bowling group or like those men's golf uh, outings in the past? So do you know of when they meet regularly? Is there some sort of meetup yes. in the area? Yes, there is. And uh, right now in Detroit Lakes, it's Monday nights. Uh-huh. And they're just called the Detroit Lake Disc Golf League. Okay. And they meet around 530 and start playing in between 5.30 and 6. Uh-huh. And so they go in certain groups and stuff like that, and they'll all finish up. And, and uh, yeah, so there there's a couple in the area. Detroit Lakes is one of the more popular ones, and also in Fergus Falls. Oh, really? They have one out there, and that's that's probably one of my favorite courses in the area is okay. Fergus Falls. Okay. Where is that located? It's over in, in Day Lagoon Park. I don't know the specific address. Mm-hmm, but it's Google it. I mean, yeah. find it on the internet. Yeah, Google Google Day Lagoon Park, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's out there. It starts over on the, kind of by the lakeside. Mm-hmm. And so um, there, there aren't um, a lot of signs up yet, but they, they, are, they did get some in. And so it can be kind of tough to find the first hole for some courses. Oh. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, it's really great to see that the community helps out with that, too. If there's somebody out there for the first time lost and somebody sees them, they'll generally help guide them to the right <laughs> okay. one. If if there isn't a, a map course yeah. uh, or a course of the map, I should say. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, but it, it's over there kind of by the lakeside, and you have to drive into the park a little ways to find it. Okay. But uh, that's actually a pretty big course. It's 27 holes. Really? Yep. When do they meet? They meet Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Wednesday at 5.30 and they start playing about 6. And uh, how many people can we expect? Is it like is it 10 friends or is it 20 or 30? How many people usually arrive? It's usually it's usually around 10 to 20 Okay. is, is basically the average. And there's more people that show up. Um, it just varies and depends on their work schedules. Sure. So a lot of times uh, the, they'll become a member of it, but they can't make it every time. Sure. And like so you sign up for the league in a way? Yes. It's yeah, organized? You, yep. Okay. Yeah, you sign up for the league and it's organized and a lot of times they'll do what's called tags. And that's a uh, that's basically your membership stamp and it shows um, how, how good you play some days. And, mm-hmm. and there's a couple different variables and ways you can do it. And uh, the, the way I like the, the most is the, the tags are up for grabs every time. So the best player walks away with the highest number tagged. Okay. So if you play the best, you walk away with the number one tag if it's there, and then it just trickles down. Uh huh. So that's 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 a really good competitive way to be competitive mm-hmm. in in your area and kind of get out and play and have fun with the community. Okay. Do they play in the winter at all? They do. Really? Not 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 as uh, not as much up here. Yeah. Okay. But uh, there are some people that get out and play in the winter. I myself still do. Really? Yeah, it's my favorite hobby, so I, I still get out get out in the winter and play. Okay. But uh, the numbers drop dramatically. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a trick, a oh, fun question. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it, I it's, it's a lot harder to find your discs in the snow. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. I mean, uh, I know golf. We have like red balls or neon golf balls for snow days. Uh, I guess we have red discs for the winter. But but yeah, that was uh, really interesting. Uh, um, and uh, people can connect to you with, um, do you have bigcatdiscgolf.com or what's your website? Yes, I have, uh, it's called www.bigcatdiscgolf.com. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty easy to find, just just go to the right, to the main URL and type that in and mm-hmm. it should come up. So 
And then uh, also you can contact me by phone at any time. That's that's really my primary uh, contact. So yeah, um, your two one eight number. Or yeah, still? it's two one eight four five seven two five six six. Uh huh. And that's if you have a quicker question or something like that. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you just want to get on there and look at the products and stuff, that my website's the best way to just look at them quick. And mm -hmm. if you have any questions, just give me a call or. You're usually in Fergus Falls Wednesday nights. Yes. Okay. I, I try to get to Fergus Falls Wednesday nights and Detroit Lakes Monday nights. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I can't always make it due to my other work schedule. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I do my best to be consistent and, and get up there and join in on the fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I think that was really interesting. Uh, I'm intrigued. Uh, I want to check that out. Uh, very easy. Uh, uh, I mean, easy. Uh, it could be a very casual sport. Yeah. without a big investment and I really enjoy nature too uh, so walking a course uh, um, like that uh, brings me outside and I like that yeah uh, thank you very much um, was there anything else you wanted to share did I miss anything um, about the sport no I think we've covered most bases and just I mean uh, how you're talking about it's great to get outside and do something like that it's it's a very well-rounded sport for many reasons yeah. you get out you can do something healthy and and it's very good mentally too if you know if you want to get out and learn learn and meet meet new people I should say yeah and learn something new it, it's really fun it's yeah. really exciting and and once you hit that learning curve there's so many different aspects that it just people become addicted to disc golf because it's so wonderful and and new to people and it's it's very eye-opening and you know it can be very peaceful you go out and play early in the morning or or it can be very competitive mm -hmm. it's it's up to it's all up to you yeah so yeah there's there's many different ways to get involved and we love to see out there playing so. yeah well thank you very much for coming and sharing your story and uh, well, uh, good luck on your game and uh, have a wonderful weekend ahead thank you yeah, this was already our uh, newest episode of the Lake Life Weekend Podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tune in again next week with another great guest and updates. Always check out our website, uh, lakelifeweekend.com. And if you have some comments, please feel free to email us at hello at lakelifeweekend.com. And uh, you have a wonderful weekend ahead. Uh -huh.